I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. This time last year, the pandemic had claimed around 22 million jobs in the U.S. And while about half of those folks were able to get back to work by August of last year, we're still millions of jobs behind where we were pre-pandemic, which means millions have had to reach out for help to put food on their tables or to pay their mortgage or their rent. Federal and state officials put rules in place to stop a massive wave of homelessness. But as the pandemic lifts, Governor Pritzker says it's time to phase out Illinois' ban on evictions. We'll hear from listeners in a bit, but we want to start things off with Connor Malloy. He's the director of the Rentervention Project at the Lawyers Committee for Better Housing. First off, Connor, tell us your thoughts about the governor lifting the eviction ban come August. We're not exactly sure what that phase out is going to look like. Um, but you know, it's helpful to know that the gradual lifting of the eviction moratorium is going to coincide with rental assistance. You know, we've always expected this all along, but just having you know the, these bits of rental assistance that are available, and especially for this whopping you know twenty five thousand dollars per household, uh, is, is just an incredibly incredible relief to a lot of folks. We're hearing a lot about the economy improving to the point where employers can't fill jobs. So what are you hearing from your clients? A lot of folks are you know, still wary of returning to the workplace. Um, you know, the, their jobs might not be there. Uh, a few folks that I've spoken to recently were also sort of sole proprietors, you know, just doing jobs here and there, and a lot of those have dried up. So while there might be you know, jobs mostly in the service industry, you know, from what I gather, is, is really the big uptick, mm-hmm. a lot of folks you know, are still trying to, to make ends meet. But for the ones that owe rental uh, payments going back however many months, they're sitting on incredible debt. And so whether or not they get you know, that new job, uh, it, it's still going to be a drop in the bucket for what they're looking at going backwards. So you're still getting a lot of people then who are saying they can't pay their rent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what's good about this, this program that the governor did through Illinois Housing Help. It not only offers rental payments going back to June of 2020, uh, especially if you didn't get money last year, uh, but it also goes several months forward as well. And so if that application goes in and then you, you select on the application that you need several months of prospective rent, uh, that's also available for folks as they start gearing up again and facing some of these issues head on. So those are the details of this new Illinois rental payment program. Anything else the governor announced yesterday? One of the initiatives that I've been involved with with some great people, you know, through the Department of Human Services, uh, you know, the Illinois Equal Justice Foundation was evictionhelpillinois.org, and that's evictionhelpillinois.org, where you can access the ability to, you know, text for information for, for legal assistance or rental assistance. You can chat with an online virtual assistant, or there's a hotline on there as well. And for some folks, you know, those that'll provide legal information and assistance, in addition to, you know, connecting with the the right rental assistance or the right uh, housing counselor in your area who can help you fill out these applications. One more thing, though, that he mentioned was the sealing of these eviction files that Mm -hmm. is also in that bill that, you know, a fantastic representative, Delia Ramirez, uh, helped push through was uh, to seal the eviction files for cases that were filed after March of 2020. And that'll go forward several months, too, through the end of the, the moratorium for a lot of folks that, you know, through no fault of their own, uh, you know, might have had an eviction filed against them 
and that's also kind of adding insult to injury because they might be looking for new housing, uh, but they have that blemish on their record now. And hopefully this will, will help with a lot of that. So we're clear, Connor, who's eligible for this program? For the rental assistance, uh, all Illinoisans, you're renting, and you can only do one per household. Uh, and what you're looking at is folks that are under the 80% of area median income, which, you know, if you go online, you can figure out whether or not your household income applies for that. Uh, but again, it, it'll go 12 months back and then three months forward. So that could be a total of 15 months of assistance or $25,000. You know, that's the cap on it. Before we hear from some listeners, Connor, what's your take on this program? You think this is the right step at the right time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've been on both sides of the negotiating table. You know, I've had a history in, in representing landlords and now, you know, assisting tenants. And a lot of times, you know, that's the big thing, you know, to be able to drop some money on the table, to be able to move somebody, to be able to take one course of action or another. And this is all about keeping people in their homes, you know, and also preventing foreclosures, you know, for these landlords you know, and housing providers. It's just an incredible move to be able to actually bring something to the table where two folks can, you know, work out the other differences. Right. But, uh, you know, the financial thing, they can, they can nip it in the bud. So we have two landlords on the line who want to join us now. Let's start with Joe. He's coming to us all the way from Melbourne, Florida. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Reset. Hey, how's it going? Big fan of your program. Thank you. So what, what are your um, thoughts on this new uh, Illinois rental payment program? Oof, I'm not specifically familiar with that, but I'm, I guess I'm here to go to bat for the small-time landlord, which I am. Um, 40 years old, wife and two kids under the age of three. I had a, uh, a tenant last March after the eviction ban in Florida happened to take full advantage of that. Mm-hmm. My attorney uh, said it was commonplace, and he had hundreds of other cases. It, it was just uh, – I just feel like in the national news that regular landlords who – our country depends upon to give affordable housing to everybody are completely left out of the conversation. I took out almost half of my 401k to pay for the mortgage on that place. Um, mm. Attorney's fees. It was, it was a brutal process. And I just, I guess I just wanted to have my voice heard on that. Yeah. You, you say landlords have been left out of the conversation. I appreciate you calling in to this. What, what do you want folks to know most importantly? What do you wish was covered? I think that most landlords are not corporations. They're regular people who might have a house that they're trying to rent out and their family future depends on that income. And when people know that they have pretty much a free ride, I mean, I'm not saying everybody, I'm not saying everybody, but in my experience, <laughs> uh, it was, he, he, he knew he could stay there for the better part of a year. And some of his friends did the same thing. It's uh, I think there should have been more thought to small time landlords than just the renters. I hear you. Thank you so much for for calling, Joe. Let's go next to David in Wicker Park. Hi, David. What are your thoughts? Hi, how are you? I love your program. Love listening to it. Thank you. Um, Thank you for uh, having me. Well, I I agree with Joe. I mean, Joe kind of was spot on. Um, One thing that people forget is that us as landlords, these are businesses. And whether you're a corporation, a big one or a little one, the government, Illinois, our governor gave the people a license to steal. They could literally say, you can't do anything to these people. They can live in the apartment, and then maybe we'll have assistance later, but there's no guarantee for that. I'm in foreclosure because of it. And there's no – the, the $25,000, there's no guarantee with that. There should have been some sort of PPP for landlords. 
But the tenant got a free rent for 14 months. She doesn't care. And the same experiences he's had, the landlords haven't been heard, but there's been no discussion about it. It's always been about, oh, we can't put them out. I get that. I understand we don't want to put, but there should have been some sort. I can't go to Walgreens, walk in and say I can't afford diapers, steal them, and then say there should be no penalty because I can't afford it. It's not fair. Fairness is falling on deaf ears because we're property owners. Well, some of these people, you won't ever hear that the bank's going, well, it's deferment. You still owe it, but the the tenant will never have to pay it. So I don't think it was a fair process. I don't think the landlords weren't hurt at all through the whole thing. And now he's saying $25,000, maybe. And then he's saying, Oh, and you only if you have an eighty percent median, uh, or, you know it does. There's qualification. They didn't have to qualify to not pay rent. And like Joe said, not everybody. Eighty percent of the tenants were paying because they're they have some sort of some, some other means. You know, yeah, yeah, or, or they have actually understand that there's something about being responsible and being good. Gotcha. But there's some people that just totally took advantage of the situation. This tenant, she didn't contact me once. If she would have said, "Hey, listen, I'm going to like to pay fifty dollars a month." zero because there was no consequence to it and there's still no consequence to it. Yeah. Well, you, you bring up some very good points, David. Thank you so much for, for joining the conversation. Connor, what we've just heard from the landlords who called in is uh, something that we've heard throughout the last year, that the problem with giving the renters a reprieve was that there wasn't similar options for the landlords. Do they have a point? And both folks, you know, honest to goodness, could have sounded like former clients of mine, right? You know, I get it with the small, you know, mom and pop style or, you know, even for the larger ones to a certain degree, right? These housing providers play a valuable role. I, I do want to touch on the one thing that the that the last caller mentioned was, you know, the no communication between the landlord and the tenant, right? That's where when I continually talk with tenants, you know, the first thing I get at is trying to open up those lines of communication because one of the other things that we're really striving for in all these initiatives, you know, through Illinois Housing Health and the like, is not only being able to connect these landlords and renters to rental assistance and legal information, mm-hmm. and that evictionhealthillinois.org is also available for landlords as well to get information, but to also help them learn about mediation services where the landlord and the tenant can have a productive conversation about how to see themselves out of this situation. You know, begin to open up those, that communication, but in a productive way, uh, where they're staying inside the unit and paying something down over time. What is that going to look like? Or if somebody's going to gracefully move out of the property, you know, what does that look like eventually? So yeah. communication is absolutely key between all parties. Let's squeeze in a call here from Albert, calling from East Lakeview. Albert is a renter, I believe. Hey, Albert, welcome to Reset. Yeah. I just had a few things to say, and I think that, you know, the investors who are the landlords, they take on risk, and they really just need to reassess that. If you live in a society with these systemic inequalities, the risks are be even greater. We see that in Chicago with its history of redlining, gentrification, that all involves risks. So I can't um, really blame the renters. The landlords have an option to go bankrupt. They can sell their assets. And that's part of the risk they have to take. If they're supposed to be these, you know, savvy business people, they should understand this. And as far as the city budget, you could shift the spending on police towards rental assistance and other things like that. If you just need a few million dollars, I'm sure the police budget, you could find a way to to shift some of these resources towards these systemic uh, problems we're having. You know, that's why you see so many homeless people on the CTA. We don't have proper support system here in our local government, and we need more money to fund it and just maybe 
Yeah. People don't really think about this. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Albert. Uh, Connor, you know, the governor also announced emergency mortgage assistant grants yesterday. So, so how does one apply for one of those emergency rental or mortgage assistance grants? And does the landlord apply or does the tenant? Since I'm a lawyer, I'm going to answer that question with it depends, right? So for right now, beginning May 17th, yesterday, uh, when the governor announced it, landlords can go on to apply for it up and through June 7th. Um, so the landlord begins the process. The tenant has a role to play. And mind you, everybody needs email addresses. So again, with that communication, you know, the landlord should have the tenant's email address or the tenant should work on a way to be able to get an email address. And some housing counselors may help with that process. But that'll be that first part of the, of the rental assistance phase out, I guess. Right. Um, but then the tenants beginning on June 9th will be able to initiate it. So the landlord didn't take the initiative. The tenant can step in and begin the process to, to access those funds. And just really quick to the last caller, you know, this really does show how fragile an environment we have, right? There was pressure on the system, and we saw it just buckle, you know, where rental assistance was needed, you know, to the tune of billions of dollars nationwide, you know, nearly $800 million here in Illinois. And then, you know, hopefully a lot of folks are looking at this, figuring out ways to keep housing stability at the forefront, uh, you know, because that's going to be really, really important as we begin to build back better, I suppose, as, as the president would put it. Right. We've got one last caller I want to get on the line. That's Rachel from Oak Park. Hi, Rachel. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I just want to say on you know, behalf of renters, not all of us are trying to uh, reload. And um, I had a really nice landlord, um, and I had been living in a place in uh, East Rogers Park, and it was a beautiful place. <laughs> but unfortunately, I had a move because I had two roommates, and one of us decided arbitrarily she just didn't want to live there anymore. And so I was in a situation. We tried to negotiate with the landlord, and the landlord um, gave us a lesser rent to pay um, for a few months. We, the other thing is I'm a, I'm a frontline worker. Yeah. Um, I work at a hospital, and I couldn't just have anybody come and move in with me. It was really a, a hard thing to um, to just find arbitrarily, you know, anybody to come in and move in because I was working with COVID patients. So, right. um, so I moved, and then I had to move again. The place that I moved, the, uh, the new landlord, I had signed a year-long lease. The new landlord said, I'm selling this place. I can make some money off of it. So I had to move again. Oh, wow. This time, yeah, and this time... Um, and that, that landlord offered me a really nice deal, but which which got me to, to decide I was going to move. Right. But then so, when I had to move to another place, I couldn't afford it. So I'm paying more rent than I've ever had to pay in my entire life. Yeah. No roommates to help me with the rent. And um, it's really tough out there, especially if you're a frontline worker and you're getting, you know, he didn't evict me per se. But, at the same but you've had to do some some bouncing around, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you've 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 encountered some some landlords that were understanding. Um, but I'm so sorry to hear about all of the the bouncing you've had to do. And thank you, Rachel, for for the work that you've done as a frontline worker.
We're out of time, so our thanks to Connor Malloy, who's director of the Rentervention Project at the Lawyers Committee for Better Housing. Thank you so much for riding along with us, Connor. Talk to you next time. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care now. And that's today's Reset. Keeping up with the topics and conversations that affect you most is easy. Just make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And please take a few seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow.